Welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, business, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. Today we have an interview that Rebecca conducted at Ballon Glen with Joanna Kidney, an Irish artist who lives near Dublin who is also attending the residency. In this conversation, Joanna discusses the ideas behind her work and some of the major large-scale installations she has done. Without further ado, here's Rebecca Kroll. Welcome to the Messy Studio, Ireland edition. This is Rebecca Kroll. And um, we're recording this in the studio of Joanna Kidney at Bowen Glen Arts Foundation. It's a, it's a stormy day in Ireland, so if you hear wind or rain, it's just part of the atmosphere here because there's a skylight overhead. Uh, so welcome, Joanna. Thank you, Rebecca. Uh, and I have been intrigued by Joanna's work. Uh, we've, we've both been here for pretty much the same period during October. You came the 1st of October. Yeah. And um, so that was uh, after I'd been here a few weeks, but it was also, uh, we have been together here for a good three weeks. So, and we've had a chance to look at each other's work and discuss all kinds of things about work, because that's really been been great. Yeah, for me too. Um, (laughs) So it's it's always a, a good part of a residency when you can have another artist that you relate to and you can hang out with and talk talk things over and all that stuff so so um i i would like to say um a little bit about joanna's work and i will let her do most of that it she works in encaustic so the studio here is set up for that and you've got your hot plate with wax pigments yeah yeah melting the paint and uh, oil sticks uh, and pigment sticks right. to work with sometimes also um, and yeah a lot of wax and, and medium encaustic medium in its transparent state right and so tell us about what else we're, we're seeing set the scene for us what are we seeing in your studio right now okay um, there's a lot of panels um, which are individual paintings um, and when I was coming down here, I really wanted to kind of shake my painting work up. I had felt I had um, become a little bit stuck with the series of paintings that I was working on. I was working on um, multiple panels, so diptychs and triptychs um, of regular shaped panels. And I felt that there was a formality or a kind of a coolness in them that lacked a bit a bit of my personality so I brought down my dad's jigsaw and <laughs> a lot of different panels of plywood and I have been cutting the the panels into irregular shapes so geometric shapes and some have curved lines and it's an amazing variety of shapes here that we're looking at yeah shapes yeah. that I don't know I don't know if they even have names mathematically <laughs> I don't think so most of them yeah <laughs> So I was working for the first few days on on the more regular square and rectangle shapes and and just like a light bulb I realized I need to start cutting them up and it dramatically changed how I began to work on them in a very exciting way. So um, really I've just tipped the iceberg on this kind of, you know, discovery in my painting work. So it's been really great to have a, a run of 
concentrated weeks working on, on the, this yeah. new new work. And so before um, these pieces, and most of them, I should say, are fairly small. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Uh, the biggest one is maybe a foot, a little over a foot high. Many of them are smaller. And so before this body of work that you've done here, now everything was more rectangular or square when you were painting. Yes, definitely. And so did you, did this idea arrive with you? Did you think about it beforehand or did it come to you when you were here? Um, I did think about it beforehand. Um, I had been working on slightly different size panels and butting them up as diptychs and triptychs and I liked the, um, you know, the, the, the twist or the edge of that. And, when the and edges weren't evenly matched, they were, there was a little jig or jog as you went. Yeah, one might have been raised yeah. slightly higher and one oh, lower, so. or one might have had a different height than another. But there was still a formality to them. Yes. Um, and when I say formality, how best to describe that? Um, traditional or? Yeah, probably traditional. And, and I, I, I was feeling limited by that and I didn't realize um, what it was for quite a while. So I just kept painting, feeling like the paintings weren't were, propelling they were too formal forward. or something. Yeah. yeah. So I brought down the jigsaw and did plan. That was part of my plan to start cutting, cutting the panels into different shapes. So what, what do you feel is, is there something different about the imagery itself on the panels now that you've been working on the shaped panels? Yes, there is. Um, I think there's, to, there's a few things happening. I think one of them is that I feel like there's an emptying out. There is, I am, I'm, there is more space in some of the works. The, the last body of paintings were very much about repetition and I was using the dot and the line and the vertical and horizontal plane um, with repeated marks and that, that were built up over time and there was a certain rigour to that mm-hmm. which fitted with what I was exploring in right. other work at the time. Right and what I've seen of those is that the and, and I should say these are all you know very abstract works that within those rectangles and squares and whatnot you were working with lines that related to the edges of the piece, so there's usually like square. I mean, in the square, there'd be lines that were vertical or parallel or something. Yes. So those lines were related to the shape of the thing. Yes. And now somehow, what I can see is that the the outer shape has become very um, unexpected and very, in times, playful. And so what happens within them takes on a whole different character, I think. Yeah, it does. And I think, like, there's a number of different things happening in this group of paintings at the moment that, you know, it's going to take time for me to kind of categorize what's happening, like, for myself in moving forward. But um, one of the things that feels quite new is the diagonal line. So yeah, I'm, I see I'm, that a lot. Yeah. yeah, dividing the plane, the picture plane, right. diagonally. And diagonals on the shaped panels themselves, there's corners that are cut off and or sometimes rounded and sometimes they're sharper and sometimes there's more than one diagonal. So yeah, they really, I mean, the shapes themselves are very imaginative and must have been very kind of fun and freeing to create those as you went. Yes, it was. So I had begun painting on them, like I was saying, more regularly. And then when I began to cut them up, I would paint on them some more and sometimes go back and 
and cut another little piece off that I felt needed to, yeah. you know, to be taken out. Um, so there's been a kind of a freedom with yeah. working that way that I've really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, so, as I said, there's a number of these everywhere I look in the room. They are everywhere. They're um, all over the floor. They're on a little shelf that runs around the room. So, I mean, I would say there are dozens of them here. And so, I guess what I'd like to talk about is what this um, this idea of many pieces might mean to you and where this might be going in the work. Yeah. Um, I think that that is something that's repeatedly coming back into my work over... When I look back, it's, it's possibly almost always been there. Um, when I worked just two-dimensionally on drawing and mixed media and painting work, um, fragmentation was always there. The mark making was always um, a grouping of, of characteristic marks and shapes and lines. Um, and I guess what, what I'm always seeking out is, is a personal visual vocabulary uh, within my work. And um, when I'm bringing together like many multiple parts, um, I feel there's loads of space to play with tension between opposing things, yeah. um, between dualities and different opposing qualities. Um, so this can be lines or, or forms as, and shapes that I'm working with here, um, marks on the surface. Um, I've made a piece which um, brought together an assemblage of different objects, found objects, remnants from art making, drawings. That was an, an installation piece. Yes, yeah. yeah, which was called Wunderkammer, which was very directly referencing Cabinets of Wonder. Which, yeah, which I love were, that. I've seen photos of the piece. It's it's very, very interesting. Um, so, and, and also a past piece where things hung from the ceiling, little fragments of felt. Yes, so yeah, that was the last installation piece I made. It was uh, 100,000 particles of felt which were suspended. <laughs> really that many? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, it looks very dense when they hang down uh, all on different uh, hanging different threads heights. or filament or yeah. something at different heights. Yeah. So it started at the entrance of the exhibition space. So this was in Galway Arts Centre in the west of Ireland um, last December and January. Mm. And the installation piece started at the entrance and trailed up through two flights of stairs oh, really? and in through a hallway and around through two rooms. And so... I had no idea it was so massive. I mean, I've seen photos of it, but that's that's incredible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, well, Could it, people it, walk through it, like, or did they walk past it they walked around it and under it ah. not through the mass oh, I see. it was hung above head height i made a kind of an archway that people oh. walked under oh. and through what um, an experience yeah yeah so i mean that was a massive piece of work it transpired to be a massive piece of work and a lot of people worked on it with me so mm -hmm. I, I quite quickly realized i needed extra sets of hands so over the course of 15 months 180 people worked on it with me and I really liked that idea of 180 sets of hands having having handled the work and made the work and assembled yeah, the work yeah. and sitting around in production lines stringing up little particles of felt um, right and it, it so I, I see the connection with something that you mentioned to me about your work the kind of the underlying uh philosophy or 
belief in interconnectedness. So you had all these people partaking and participating in your project and that that was absolutely part of it. That was important that you had those different people there and they were all working together on one thing. Yes. So say a little more about that. Yeah. Well, um, the idea of interconnectivity really resonates with me. I, I think it's a very kind of fundamental um, part of being human. Um, the idea that all living matter on this planet is interrelated in many different ways and on many different levels. And so we can see that in in ecology and science, but it's also very fundamental to Buddhist beliefs. Um, and this makes a lot of sense to me, um, In or since all the living things are sharing the planet, that, that we would be uh, relating, crossing over, um, you know, sharing from the one space, giving back to the one space, I suppose. Um, and the thought has, I suppose, become a little bit of a kind of a moral code for me and mm-hmm. um, a moral and spiritual kind of code that, that uh, you know, allows me to remember empathy and compassion um, for for everybody in my life and everybody who I don't know in the world and it's a it's a way of of um yeah understanding and and it's it's an interesting it's an interesting not direct translation but under underlying idea when you when your work is composed of many parts and you when you hang when you do an installation and you have bits and pieces fragments um potentially the work that's here in the studio and you figure out how it's going to fit together at least this time but maybe next time it would be a little differently that you hung it or put it together so there's this energy of flow between what what one arrangement might be and then oh but it could also be different and that I mean it really there is a connection I see to what you're talking about that there's an energy between all these separate entities and they can do one thing or they can do another thing. Yes, yeah, and I, I, I find that part of working in this open-ended kind of way very exciting and very vital. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. energetic and it's dynamic. and it Dynamic just, is a good word, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's this, this feeling of freedom for me that, that it can be reinvented in a different space at right. a different time right. and can become a different experience for myself and for anybody looking at the piece of work. Um, and, you know, to, to re-show a piece of work years later you know, I'm a different person, I'm a different artist, and yeah. what will I bring bring to it that I that I couldn't have brought to it at that time? Like, um, that's right. a... And I'm sure with the, with the variety of shapes and colors and textures on these panels in the studio today, an infinite number of relationships between those pieces could be happen when you hang them so you know it's it's a it's very it is an exciting and as you said dynamic relationship with your work and I I can see it as as very different from the formal thing of a a rectangle or something it's done one way hung one way on the wall and these are just infinite possibilities I would say Yeah. yeah well um just to kind of expand on that I suppose uh I, I just going back to kind of um, 
a potted history. I, I see drawing as being central to my work and about eight years ago I began to think about it in an expanded kind of way mm. in terms of scale, in terms of materiality and in terms of my ideas of what a drawing might be. And yeah. um, looking back over the last hist- uh, century, the history of the evolution of drawing and looking at ha- how different artists um, pushed the idea of what a drawing can be was very exciting for me and I think it's that idea of not having a definite boundary and and when you when I make work that that is on that boundary between drawing and sculpture or um, drawing and movement um, when when does it stop becoming a drawing and when does yeah. it become a sculpture and I like that idea that there's no one answer and there aren't rules right. and I, I yeah. find it very free free way to work yeah so I you know I think um, that we anyone listening to this needs to look at Joanna's website which is uh, joannakidney.com okay uh, because what what I think you're describing in terms of sculpture and line you've done a lot of work where the um, the there's a, a sort of a fibrous quality to the structures the three-dimensional structures but within which you can see lines formed by various materials and um, sometimes they're more geometric s- sculptures made with thin something thread is it thread? okay yeah. Yeah, yeah and sometimes they're more organic and that I think that's what you're kind of saying and, and then you've also done drawing right on the gallery wall have you done that uh, drawings on windows windows yeah, yeah window yeah. drawings yeah. yeah so again temporary work so yeah um, yeah, there's been quite yeah. a, a bit of, of temporary site-specific work over the past few years. Yeah, it's very, um, very much pushing the boundaries, expanding the idea, uh, again, getting outside the rectangle of the drawing sheet of paper. And yeah. I know there was another one where there was an enormous roll of paper that you drew on, yes. or made prints on. Yeah, yeah. so that, that piece was 10 metres long. Um, it was called Accumulations of Compilations, and it was made with many layers of silk screened drawings. So I kind of pulled from my library of drawings, of research drawings and doodle drawings and more developed drawings and um, made silk screen um, reproductions of them and in a very kind of um, organic kind of way built up layers and layers of these smaller Mm -hmm. drawings to make one whole new complete yeah. drawing and, and I didn't realize till I'm saying it right now that it's that idea again of bringing together lots of small things I hadn't seen that piece of work in that way till this moment actually oh, all right that's interesting yeah and so when you're um, creating the particular textures lines and forms on this work do you have certain reference points of things you've seen or are you simply responding to the material? Are there things that inform your work that you could point to? Um, yes, I would say um, that it's it's a very distilled response to um, things that I see that 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 I find aesthetic or moving or visually interesting, and so um, like I've looked at. F- fragments and details and um, 
like the minute details of nature for, for a long time in my work and I think that that's still present in these mm -hmm. paintings. A sense of things under a microscope and... Yes, yeah. but I think when I say there's more space in these, I think that, 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 that it's, it's, it's stretching that, that, um, that reservoir that I have of collected mm -hmm. um, imagery and collected drawings and collected um, things that inspire me and I'm, I'm mixing in very much a response to the materiality of wax yeah and that's exciting as well that um so it's an interaction with the encaustic paint how it's responding what can you do with it what can you carve in what can you press in all these kind of things yes physical texture visual texture yes yeah. and so i think there is um you know, I'm allowing these paintings to emerge in a, in, in a more haphazard kind of way. It's, it feels more sprawly. It feels <laughs> like I've less sprawly. control ever than before, yeah. um, which is both exhilarating and excruciating at different moments. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so like I was talking earlier with Randall Exon, who's the other artist working here at Ballon Glen at the moment. Yes. Um, I was saying to him, well, a lot of the time I really don't know what I'm doing with these paintings. Right, right. And of a moment, suddenly, something happens and I pause and I, I put it on the shelf and I leave it to see how I feel about it yeah. the next day or an hour later. So it's, it's moving like I, I always work with pace and speed. That's that that mm -hmm. vitality is necessary mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. But I'm there. There are pauses. I don't know when they're coming, but these pauses are a spark. A spark is is ignited when something might happen in the painting, and and I put it down and I pick up another panel, and that's why there's so many different panels on the go, and they they are feeding off each other all the time. Every yeah. every layer, every yeah. mark, I would say is is partly informed by another panel in the room. Right. Yeah, I think, um, you know, what you're saying about knowing when to stop, when to step back, something, you know, I'm currently teaching a workshop with cold wax here at Bound Glen, and I'm, I've been, one of the points I keep trying to make to my students is, you know, I'm not going to tell you when it's done or anything, but I'm going to encourage you to be sensitive when you need to pause, Yes. <laughs> when you need to step away, and look at it for a little bit or just let it set up physically or something. But there is a rhythm to, to involving yourself in the piece and then knowing when to step away. Yes. And that's just, it's sensitivity to the materials, I it, think. I think so too. But I think that that changes for each individual artist also, depending you know, on the work that they're making at that time. I feel with these paintings, I am looking for the unexpected for myself. Uh -huh. So um, when that happens... So, so I don't know what the unexpected is. I just know it at the moment when I see it, and that's yeah. when I pause. And it's not to say that I don't go back and totally re rework that panel at a later date, but um, I think that that's, I'm looking for signs of unexpectedness. I'm, I'm, I'm nurturing chance more with these that's paintings. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's very interesting. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you about, besides your process and what's going on here, is um, you and I are both here at Ballon Glen as artists in residence. 
this is your third time here. Is that yeah. Correct? Yeah. So, uh, what brings you back, or what, um, you know, what do you feel you gain here at Bell and Glen? Mm. Well, the first, the other two times, the first two times I came, my family came with me. So that was the first time they'd come on a residency with me, actually. Um, and you and have young, young children. Yeah, I, I have two children, Luca and Evie, and they're now they're nine and 11, but they would have been uh, six and eight when, when they first came. And uh, we moved down for five or six weeks as a family, and Nathan, my partner, came and worked here in, in the foundation on his own work as a graphic designer. And I think that's something that's really unique to Ballinglen. It is. They welcome your family, your partner, your it friends, is. and it's, um, it's, it's part of their ethos that, that the artists are involved in the community and the community mm -hmm. are as involved with the foundation they, as they possible. They really have, they have a lovely way of supporting the whole person. So your friends and family included, whatever yeah. you need. I mean, it's, it is a very um, open place in that way. I it think is. everyone appreciates that. Yes, yeah. yeah. And, and so then it becomes an experience for my family for for Nathan to work in this place he's actually from County Mayo so it's his home county uh, for my children to come and go to school in the school across the road a very different school from their own school at home and they welcomed Luke and Evie into the school with like more than open arms it was yeah. really lovely yeah. and um, I think that that's something they'll always look back on mm -hmm. as part of their childhood as, a, as an adventure. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, so there's that aspect to coming to Ballinglen. Um, it also offers a longer residency than a, a lot of other places in Ireland. Um, so I think like to have six weeks in a residency is fantastic. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a it really is. good length you of time. You can really just live somewhere for a while. You, yeah. There is always, I always feel when I first come, and I usually do stay about that length of time as well. When I first come, it seems absolutely endless. And there is a really lovely sense of time unfolding in a way that you, you don't, you almost don't look at the calendar. You're just involved. You just sink into it. Yeah. You don't know what day it is. Yeah, you don't, you know. <laughs> And then there's a point, you know, towards the end where you start thinking, oh, I only have a few days left. And then you have to start wrapping it up, which is kind of where you're at, right? You, That's you're right. leaving yeah, in just yeah. a few days now. Yeah. Uh, but in between, you can almost just float for a while on your own work and the days. Yeah. It's yeah. just beautiful, yeah. And another thing that I really uh, enjoy about working here is that the foundation is a center and the, the four studios are beside each other in the upstairs space. So there is like loads of opportunity to get to know the other artists working here yes. and, and generally there's a mix of Irish artists and international artists which is another wonderful thing right. about Ballinghen right. and has um, you know brought me opportunities and friendships the past few times that I've been here um, and that, but it's also a very professional place to work it I is. think you can come you can close your door and you can work all day long quietly if that's what you need to do yes or you can go downstairs and have a chat and a laugh with the staff yes um, who are wonderful who are every, wonderful. every last person who works here is delightful yeah and so you always feel yeah that you can just chat with anyone yeah 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 and so Having come three times, uh, can you say anything about, in terms of your work, what what changed from 
being here? I mean, what did you notice after the first time you came or the second or this time? Mm. Yeah, I think the first time I came, the work was very informed by this place. The place itself. Yeah. The, the scenery, the, the landscape? The, or? The, the minute details of the landscape, very much the beach actually. Mm -hmm. um, right. The sand, the rocks, um, the interaction of the, of the sea and the sand. So I was looking at patterns and um, traces and marks on the land really, I guess. It did, it did extend out beyond that, but um, it was kind of a continuation of looking at details of nature for me, but it, it became more microscopic almost. Um, and I began around that time to be looking at microscopic imagery. So right. uh, the, the work that I did down here does feel for me quite connected to m my time here in Ballonglen. Mm -hmm. that, that was the first um, residency here. The second residency, um, I was already involved in, in the body of paintings and these were the paintings that were exploring repetition and really I was trying to deepen my conversation with encaustic paint. That was my intention with those paintings. I was working large, a lot larger than I'd worked before. So I, I, I did have quite a strong intention and, and um, inquiry before I came the second time. So maybe that time was not as informed by, by the place. Uh -huh. This yeah. time I think um, it's possibly been a mixture of the two, very much um, responding to the materiality of the paint again and still, but also, um, you know, the walks and, and being outdoors yes. has definitely filtered in and seeped in to, to it's, the paint. It's such, it's such a remarkable landscape, seascape here that, you know, I. It's hard to imagine not being affected by it in some way. Yes. Uh, and so I think it's a, it's a very rich place, I feel, and I think you would agree. It's yes, yeah. Special time. It's kind of a time out of time. You know, you're just immersed in something really gorgeous and yeah. in all, on all levels. So. Yes. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, Anything like you'd say about your work or anything? Well, my website, we've said. Oh, yeah. and, and yes, we need to talk about the fact that uh, when are you coming back to teach here? I'm coming back the end of next April, 2018, okay. to do um, a seven-day course in encaustic painting in the workshop space. So um, the course will cover, you know, multiple techniques, um, encouraging people to explore the, the, right. the materiality of the paint, uh, the characteristics of the paint, and, and different ways that we can work work with it, you know, working with collage, working with encaustic monotype, uh, working with transfers. And I, I, I think you and I have talked about the fact that, uh, you know, in America, encaustic is, working in encaustic is quite a major uh, thing in the art world. Many people do it, many people teach it. But here, not so much, right? That's right, yeah. It's, it's um, not common at all in Ireland. Um, there aren't um, many classes in encaustic and there aren't many artists who kind of focus on it as a medium. Um, and that was why my trip to the International Encaustic Conference last June was amazing to um, to to be in the same space with artists who right. you know who who are as nerdy about the medium <laughs> as I am. Um, so the, it was the a first experience. On, for the me. conference on Cape Cod. Yes, in about, Provincetown. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, so this class that you're going to run here is a really, it's a special opportunity. It's a unique opportunity for this part of the world. It so, is, because yeah. like as you've said, um, the course, coming on the course will allow you to, to see the area and soak up the landscape and the light and the the wind and the rain um, and at the same time immerse because in the yeah. workshop space there's yeah. full-time access so it's it's like a it's like a little retreat really isn't it it is I, I think I think you know in my classes too that part of getting outside being outside here is important to everyone and then then there is 24 7 access to the studio so it's really um, a lot of time for growth and reflection and solitude if you want it. And but I, I just I just think that having a course in encaustic in a place where it isn't very widely known or taught is a special opportunity. So I would encourage anyone who's interested in that uh, in Europe or anywhere in this part of the world to look at the Bowen Glen website. Ballenglenworkshops.com, is right. Yeah. com and, and Joanna's course will be listed there, and you can register. So, uh, thank you, Joanna, yeah. for this wonderful conversation. Thank you too, Rebecca. It's been right. one of many for the two of us. So <laughs> That's right. Really <laughs> enjoyed sharing the residency with you. Okay. Thank yeah. you. All right. That wraps up this episode of the Messy Studio. You can find Rebecca Kroll on Facebook. Make sure to check out www.coldwaxbook.com and www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week. Until then, embrace your own creative space, messy or otherwise. Thank you.